Welcome to the heavenly banquet where the hungry are filled with good things. What are you hungry for? Today I'm hungry for justice, peace, and maybe just some reasonableness and like a cup of tea, but one that someone else made for me. You know what I mean? I'm recording this reflection for Ash Wednesday, the first day of the season of Lent. Today, Christians all over the world will be marked on the forehead with a little smudge of ashes, well, some with a dark, bold cross of ashes, but ashes identifying themselves as penitents, as sinners seeking reconciliation. And when the priest or pastor or deacon or friend strokes the forehead of the repentant with her ash-smeared thumb, she'll whisper a blessing that was once a curse. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those words were spoken by God to Adam when our forebears were ushered out of paradise. That God, who had so carefully crafted Adam from the earth and breathed life into his nostrils, animating our ancestor with the divine spirit, that God, who molded humanity from the fresh clay of creation, fashioned this creature as a companion to walk the garden together in the cool of the evening, that God, who took dust and gave it life so it could be loved, that same God, when betrayed by those same creatures, that God offered a curse, a singular threat, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The words of a vengeful parent, a sort of poetic rendering of the more familiar, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of it. But that supposed curse is also just a plain, simple truth. God did give us life. God did bring us into the world, and when we inevitably depart from this world, that will be God's will as well. Everything is. I mean, sure, there's a way in which this Genesis story aims to explain mortality to us, to account for why it is that we should die, but it also doesn't seem like death itself is presented as something wholly unnatural, some novel idea God invented on the spot as a cruel punishment. Mortality prescribed as a judgment upon us, a torturous sentence of a slow execution for our supposed crimes. That doesn't seem quite right, or it certainly seems like a disproportionate response to a little nibble of some fruit for God to bring death suddenly into the world to prove some sort of point. Instead, it seems more like death was always there, the natural consequence of our creation. Everything that has a beginning necessarily has an end. Anything brought into existence invariably falls out of it. I mean, if death weren't always somehow part of this world built into the original system, if death weren't a feature of the divine architect's original design, then, then why should God have planted a tree of life in the center of paradise? Why offer a remedy for something that didn't exist? Why supply the cure before the curse? And so that pronouncement of God and those words we hear again today aren't really a condemnation, but a simple statement of who we are. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's just the fact of the matter. It's a plain description of our state of being, of our identity. We are dust, 
dust that has been crafted by God and given the divine breath? Sure, but we are dust, seemingly inconsequential, at least on a cosmic scale, and we are dust, barely discernible, easily swept away or scattered in the wind, and we are dust, as tenuously held together as the fragile clusters of debris under your couch. We are dust, precious and holy dust, God's own beloved dust, but we are dust, just dust, practically already nothing. That's just who we are. It's who we are. It's not an insult. It's not even a curse. I think it's more of a blessing, really. It's a blessing to be dust, to be so unimportant, to be so insignificant. Really, it is. It means that it doesn't all rely on you, not the state of the world or the failures and successes of your business or the happiness of friends or family or even your own sense of self. You're only dust. You can't carry all of that. You could make some differences, sure. You can do your part, sure, but you're only dust. You can't do it all. You can't fix it all. You won't even be able to do some of the things you know you can do and that you want to do. And it won't be your fault. Sometimes it won't be anyone's fault. You just can't. Let that go. It's all too much for a little speck of dust like you. That's not an insult. That's the truth. And it's a blessing. Remember you are dust. And to dust you shall return. And it's a blessing to be dust, to be so fragile, so finite, so terribly mortal. Really, it is. It means, again, that you can't fix it all, that it can't all rely on you because, well, you won't always be here. You'll do what you can, when you can, but your when has an end. The blessing in that is a call to live, to love fearlessly while you can, because it doesn't all rely on you, because you can't do everything, because your time is precious and short. You have the gift of spending your days in a sort of wild and reckless pursuit of the good, the good that is needed immediately around and within you, loving yourself and God and others extravagantly without care for other thoughts and concerns outside of the reach of your tiny, dusty fingers. And because you are dust, because your time is precious and short, you're blessed to pursue the good that is needed immediately in every moment in each and every now, loving yourself and God and others fearlessly without care for what was or what might have been or what might come. You're only dust after all. You can't carry the pain of the past or the regrets of possibilities unknown or the worries of a future unseen with you. You just can't. Let that go. It's all too much for a little speck of dust like you. That's not an insult. That's the truth, and it's a blessing. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I know you might find yourself tempted this Ash Wednesday and throughout Lent to wallow in your sinfulness, your shortcomings, your failures. But God reminds you that you are dust, not dirt, and certainly not trash. Repentance isn't about wallowing in your misery. It's about the transformation of your mind, a reorientation toward Christ, 
a recommitment to love. And that starts with an honest assessment of who you are and who you are meant to be. Sometimes that means changing thought patterns and behaviors that are destructive or unhelpful. And sometimes taking an honest stock of yourself might not make you feel terrific. But if you wallow in the I'm so bad stuff, you'll never get anywhere else. Because really, you aren't so bad. You just can't do it on your own. How could you? You're only a bit of dust. Stop beating yourself up and turn toward the only source of your help, the one who created you and who loves you. Wallow in the truth of who you are, not the ashes of despair. Wallow in the truth that you are dust. That's all you are. That's all you were meant to be. You're precious and holy in God's sight to the one who formed you and animated you with the divine spirit. But you're also small and finite and mortal and kind of nothing to this world. And that's a gift. That's a gift. That's a blessing. Dust can't do everything. It can't do much at all. Dust knows that and is unburdened by unreasonable expectations. And whatever dust is about, it won't be about it for long. Dust is a nothing that barely resembles something for only a moment before its fleeting existence passes away. That's a gift. That's a blessing. There's nothing for dust to risk, nothing for dust to carry. Nothing for dust to do but to love. There's nothing for you to risk, nothing for you to carry, nothing for you to do but to love. So live into the truth of who you are. Live into the truth of who you are meant to be. Seek the good of each moment, every now within your dusty reach. Love fearlessly. Love extravagantly while you have life within you. Be blessed and be a blessing. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return.